We're in hell, man. Ain't it groovy? <laughs> Think about it. This is the pod people, the podcast that's bringing back Beatles mania. <laughs> I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I know about the energy rays of a free love society. <laughs> I'm the fifth Beatle, Ben Sheets. Oh, fuck, I'm so high. Uh, hi, I'm uh, uh, Cleveland Mosier, and uh, whoa, give me Skelter. <laughs> it's just a shot away, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. What an, what an evening. Oh, God, it, what an evening. Jesus. I think, I think that I'm, I'm already a little scrinkled, a little scrunked. And you're, I think that, honestly, for this episode, that's the way to go into this one. You're a little helter-skeltered. Hel- helter Help me skelter. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm heltered and skeltered. Who did this to us? I did. Ben. Son of a yes. bitch. Uh, ben, like I, you did it again. Like I mentioned before, you know, going into this year, I made three different lists. I made a classics list, underrated movies, you know, in a separate list. And then I got the weird and this is a movie off of the weird. This is yeah, we is. watched this week. We watched the movie uh, the Manson Family, also AKA Charlie's Family, as it's titled at the beginning of the movie. Uh, directed by Jim Van Beber. God, it was a different um, title than its title. It's so fucking. Well, the reason is it, it was made over the course of like fifteen years. It was truly in odyssey to put this together they shot the the 60s stuff back in the mid to early 80s and uh ran out of money quickly wow yeah and uh i wonder what they spent it on what do y'all think imagine dedicating 15 years of your life to this movie well it seems like there was a gap he would travel around to different film festivals showing bits and pieces of this to get more money to make more sections of the movie. Aren't you titillated by this <laughs> five minutes of a movie I started making ten years ago? Yeah, look at this excuse for an orgy. I, I mean, have. considering like how stylized this movie is, That's like people were just kind of probably just like looking at it like, okay, you can make something flashy. Who knows if it'll make sense in the end, but Yeah, that's kind that's kinda of what it was. This is an oddity for sure. Um, I, yeah. I think this is, we were just talking about a little bit before we started recording, but this feels like it's going to be in the vein of like our Greasy Strangler episode where it's a, a really weird, interesting, but kind of unpleasant to watch film. I actually love this film. One of the reasons I picked it is because in some ways it almost reminds me of more found footagey stuff like the Poughkeepsie tapes, where it has that kind of framing of this uh, true crime documentary. Yeah, it's like I would. The film is like a pseudo mockumentary kind yeah, of. Yeah, it it has elements of collage too. You know, it's very frenetic in its editing style. It is that. It's that is, um, it's bomb. It's bombastic. It's an assault. On the senses. Yeah. And similar to The Greasy Strangler, I thought this movie was very interesting. I don't know if I really enjoyed my time with it, which isn't necessarily a critique, 
just kind of how I feel. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It was, there were a couple of moments that I really like. Yeah, oh, there are movie. a lot of I think, moments. I think there are some really good sections of this film. There are a lot I of didn't ta- like it. I, I, I won't of- even like, I'm not even speculating. I, did not, I do not like this movie. I, I, I don't like it. That is how I feel. I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, it's, it's definitely not that. I think, I think it's fine. Like it or don't. I did not. I really like the. I, I, <laughs> I really like it's the not, style. I really like the style of this movie. Like I like. I like the idea of. Well, I mean, I guess considering that it was made over the course of so many years, it's less surprising. But like mm-hmm. the idea of this like '90s movie that's done in the style of like a '70s exploitation film, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. I'll with some sort is. of with some sort of like experimental like. Editing techniques and... Yeah, the approach kind of meshes with the material in really interesting ways because it, mm-hmm. at times it does feel like a bad acid trip. You know, yeah. it's very kaleidoscopic and extremely oh, colorful, you know, very giallo-esque in its use of colors. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah. Yeah, I want to rephrase what I said. Because I, I, I said I, I don't like it, uh, which is true, but I think a better way to say it is this movie is not for me. Yeah, well, I think this. I think the subject matter makes it kind of hard to enjoy. Correct. But I think that like it's so it takes it too far. It's an inter- It's a, It's me. an interesting like. It's it's an interesting viewing experience. I think. I think there's a lot of things to like, but it is sort of asking you to spend like ninety minutes in this kind of like psychedelic hippy dippy like charles manson tinged world that then ends with you know just some extremely drawn out like brutal murder scenes so yeah it's not like it's not like a pleasant viewing experience i don't think no but i don't think i don't think you know, a movie on the manson family should ever be pleasant no um i mean I would argue Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a pretty enjoyable sure, watch. Sure, it's a, it's an alternate history tale yeah, that even, ends much happier than the actual yeah, story. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's... That's the thing, right? When you're making movies, it's it's the it's the the discussion that comes up every time there's a new movie on or like show on Jeffrey Dahmer or you know Ted Bundy or Manson and the Manson family. It's like is it glorifying and exploiting like the real life events like the real life murders the real people who were like horribly murdered and i think that this one it certainly is exploiting <laughs> it certainly is exploiting that oh, it is exploitation yeah. in that sense um, I don't think it's necessarily glorifying. Yeah, it's it, not really glamorizing what they do. It, no, really. it's not. It's not glamorizing, but it is, uh, you know, I, stylizing. I don't think sure. it glamorizes. I I do think there is a degree of sympathizing in it, which I don't think is wrong. I don't think it's wrong to do that morally in a film. But like this film, it it puts you on a level with them. It brings you into their justifications. It makes you feel how they feel. So, like, yeah. you're almost... You feel like you're in the room with them experiencing horrible events because it's so frenetic and drug-like and colorful 
that, you know, it's trying to make you feel like you're also tripping on acid with them. And you're kind of seeing this through their eyes. At the same time, they're frenetically cutting between the interviews where they're talking about their own justification. And, like, it, it works in part because they'll justify something and then the film will show it differently to how it actually happened. Right. There's a lot of, like, there's not confluence in everything. Um, like, there's even a sense of unreliable narrator in as it's sort of drug-induced. And I find it, I, find, I do find it kind of fascinating. But again, like, it's just weird for me because... I, I, I just, on a personal level, not like on a critical level, I I would have felt like I, I could have enjoyed this movie or appreciated it a lot more if it wasn't about real people and real events and shit, you know? Yeah, that... Like, that... Who, who in some cases, like, you know, like, living people are still affected by. Yeah, it it, ten, it definitely tinges it in a weird way, especially, like, the actual, like, murders at the end. Like, it is difficult to watch that stuff. Yeah knowing that they are just sort of reenacting in a hyper-stylized manner like actual people who are being yeah. murdered. And because it, 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 it's, not, it's not just frenetic and druggy. It's also, in some cases, comedic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and a lot of that comedy, like, shouldn't land, but does. It's really weird, which also, also almost makes it worse. And I guess that's by mm. design, and I, I yeah. respect that. But I don't like it. <laughs> like I, 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 from a distance, sure. But I really, it's well, just, it's hard well, for me to appreciate let's, it. Let's when dig again, into that a little bit. Do you think with a true crime narrative like this, you can do horror that doesn't naturally feel exploitative? I don't know if that's even possible. Really, no, no. I don't. I don't really think so either. I think the right way to do it is to like maybe use real crime to inspire and then turn it into something different. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, is obviously inspired by like Ed Gein and shit like real, you know, a real person, real people, Silence of the Lambs, you know, Buffalo Bill is, but it's not, but it's using their, but it's not literally reenacting those crimes. It's Mm. sort of, yeah, I think, I think that's the, that's the best way to separate it. Now, that's not to say that there's not, like, good true crime stuff and that you can't tell these stories while still being respectful of, like, the actual story and the real people who died. I don't think this film uh, is respectful in any sense <laughs> no. of the word. I don't think it's trying to no. be. Um, so it's it's hard. I don't think you can really, like, criticize it for that. Like, it is... It wears, like... It wears its Joker makeup out sure. in the open. I will, I will say, a lot of the framing narrative of this documentary being made <clears throat> about the Manson family and, you know, the the news reporter type of guy... It feels like it is sort of commenting on the sensationalism of taking these actual crimes and kind of making something out of them. Yeah, I mean, yes, but I think it's... Well, it, it handles it in two ways, right? Like, it handles it in the the sort of uh, Dateline documentarian-ass guy who's putting together this 25-year anniversary documentary or whatever, and he's kind of commenting on it throughout. I think that stuff is underdeveloped, 
And the other way they handle it, the sort of the the flip side of that is that it's also constantly intercut by these like fucking nasty, grimy, like little like skinhead crust punks who are like hanging out in a basement, like listening to fucking like Jim Jones recordings and shooting up heroin and fucking drawing swastikas on the wall and shit. And, you know, how they're like inspired by like Charles Manson. And it's like, I think that shit is kind of reactionary. So it's, it's doing this weird thing where like, it's trying to like comment on it, but it's underdeveloped. But then what else it's trying to say is also like, I think overreactionary. Yeah. I I don't, I don't quite know like what the intent with this film is. Like I can see flashes of it. But from what you've told me about Jim Van Beber, he seems like a pretty... Oh, uh, yeah, he's... He seems he's, like a, a sort of unstable personality in general. He's like a chaos mode Mark Burchard in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> he, uh, he's an infamous drunk, you know. He he actually... The, cha- the chaotic evil Mark Burchard, yeah, probably. Yeah, he, uh, he did some acting in this movie. He's the guy with the really bad mustache. Um, oh, that was Jim. Yeah. Oh my God, that fucking. <laughs> he looked like <laughs> he looked like he was. <laughs> he looked like he was cosplaying Rust Cole from <laughs> Even though this, of course, came out you know more than a decade before that did. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's part of the the thing is like we see time like, is a flat mustache. <laughs> you know, like we see these characters like back in the late sixties and whatever, but for the documentary. You know, they're being interviewed decades later, so they're, like, in prison, and it's all the same actors, but just wearing, like, really bad, like, old-age, quote-unquote, makeup, and that dude just has the fakest mustache I've ever seen. I did not realize that was Jim Van Bever. Yeah. That's pretty funny, actually. Uh, that fake mustache is something else. It's it's it made me laugh every single time huge. it was on the screen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, you know what it looked like to me is um, it's it isn't, but uh, you know you know when you get tinsel. Yes. Yeah. And, no, that is what it looks like. And you yeah. cut you cut the tinsel off of the the cardboard strip, and there's like that strip of tinsel beneath it. It's like they took that and just put it on his face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> it's so bad. The rest of the interviews. I think they were shot, like, a decade after the the main, you know, 70s stuff. Sure, like, like a decade is one thing, but we're, like, in, in terms of timelines, we're talking, like, 25 years later. So yeah. they are obviously wearing, like, old-age yeah. makeup. Yeah. Like, they mm-hmm. are... And it's, it's, you know, it's not any sort of, like, you know, uh, spirit gum or prosthetics or anything. It's just, like drawing on their faces to make it look like they have wrinkles and like spraying some like gray hairspray. Yeah, it, uh, you, you could know, definitely it's... tell it was like a zero budget situation. Yeah, which like half of the time like not had, like, not actual uh like makeup scar X's on their foreheads and other times they'd just be drawn on It just X's. looks like red magic marker. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff I find charming. That's what I expect. Yeah, that that's yeah. the kind of stuff that I expect from a movie like this. Yeah. No, but I I find this movie fascinating because it has like a feeling of authenticity to it with kind of the seventies feel. Mm-hmm. You know it it's shot on film. It has that vibrant, almost giallo look to it. It at times feels very 
haphazardly shot, but I think that adds to kind of the 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 vibe of it. Um, it's a sort of cinema verite style. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was all eight Damn millimeter it. stuff, and Van Beber talks about how he aged and distressed the the film stock itself by running it through kitty litter. So you get this really roughed up film look. Yeah, I feel like he might have slightly over distressed it. Yeah. But uh I Oh not even slightly. It it looks I don't I don't think it looks like cool. I think it looks stupid. I I it. I like it was a little bit it took a little bit for me to get into, but I I didn't have a problem with it after a while. I, I love, like a busted I, up film do, look. I, I do love, too. Yeah, same. I mean, I love texture and and like making things look kind of like scratched and damaged and ooey gooey. But like the film itself, like it doesn't feel aged. And I thought because like to the point where I thought it was oh, a filter. I thought it felt aged because well, I because like because it's still like clearly new film, but with the distressing on it, so. I know it wasn't a filter, but it, it still looked like a filter. It didn't no, look like I, it was like aged, like he scratched the film. I know what you mean. It's it's like it's like when you buy so like it artificial. It's like when you buy like pre-distressed jeans. Yes. When they're like yes. new, but like they're obviously new, but they have like <laughs> holes and like worn in them, and like I. I did not have as big a problem with this as you did. Like, it's oh, a little, it's not even that. It was it was a little bit at first. It's like, yeah, that does look like a filter, but like, I don't hate it. I just didn't like it. I, I mean, I I just you know, I, I see. Yeah. At a certain at a certain point, I didn't even notice it, and I think like, overall, like, something goes well done. The over distressed quality of the film aside, I think that it's very well done stylistically in like. Uh, trying to capture the look and feel of the seventies, like there yes. were, yeah. there were a number of times where I had to like remind myself that like it, that this was not a movie shot in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I absolutely give it props for that. You know what I think sold it better than anything else for feeling like a movie that was shot out of the seventies, or even a smut film out of the seventies. The terrible acting. I think the terrible acting is what really made it feel like a seventies porno. This it's this movie has like the kind of terrible acting that I like though. Same. Yeah. Well, because it's yeah. it's cartoony, they're hamming it up. Like if if you're gonna be bad, be loud. You know? And yeah. They they chew the scenery. Um It's the kind of yeah. bad it's the cat it's the kind of bad like seventies style acting that movies like Black Dynamite parody so well. Yes. Um, it's charming. Yeah. No, and, and I, that's that's key exploitation too. Yeah. Like in fa- in fairness. And again, too, like that's the thing. Like, no, I, I, I love, love, I love that aspect. Like, I mm-hmm. think there are some, I think there are some genuinely great performances in this movie in how bad they are. Agreed, agreed. And I, and I feel like if it wasn't, and this is again like a personal thing or whatever, but like if it wasn't about true events, I would have liked it even more personally. Sure. What, yeah. What do you guys think of the 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 Manson performance? Uh, the guy who played Manson. Not good. I thought he, he looked the part great. Yeah, I thought he nailed the look. Yeah, he looks he looked a lot like Charles Manson. The, the, I don't the think details of his performance were fun. Like, you get those videos of Manson in court, you know, where he's like really emoting and being mm-hmm. weird. And I never got that from this. Like this guy was kind of you know, of all of the people acting terribly, I think his, his terrible acting was the least fun. 
it was still fun at times. But even still, it was still fun at times. Like, it was fine. Well, he's he's absent from large chunks of the movie. I kind of like that. Which I thought was... Apparently, that was not intentional. I, was, I, saw, <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw on IMDb that at one point, the actor just left and never came back. And so they had just had to film the rest of the movie without him. So that's why he's just, like, absent you know what, from though? large chunks of the movie. Credit to the film. They, they pulled it off. They pull, they pull it off. They pull, they pull it, it off. off. And and in addition to, they make it a theme. And I, it, it's probably my favorite theme I kinda, about the movie. I kind of feel yeah. like that was a correction that they that they no, it was, that it was they in the wrote in shoots. that they wrote in after mm-hmm. the fact. But yeah, the but the, the documentarian yeah. guy says at one point he's like, you know, whenever anybody talks about these things, they always talk about Charlie. But we never talk about like the people who actually like held the knife and who pulled mm-hmm. the trigger. And some of these killings and weren't stuff like him. that. So and like that's what really fascinates me. So the majority of the movie is these events told through these you know faux interviews with the the mm-hmm. people who actually committed the the murders. And so like having Charlie be kind of this sort of distant presence I think works for the movie. It, I think it, it kind of adds to that theme of sensationalizing. Sure. You know, yeah. it's like the good majority of the movie is about Charlie's influence on these people and how the the family interacted on the ranch and so on. Yeah. And mm. you know, having having that Charlie presence hang over everything kind of influences like how we look at the documentary as a whole because you know like he says even though he's more interested in the people who actually did the crimes like they're still gonna call it the manson murders and right you know they're gonna sensationalize it with t-shirts with charlie's face <coughs> on them you know the record stores have his uh, CDs and vinyl and yeah, his songs about uh, about the dumpster, the garbage, gar- the garbage day. dump, the garbage dump, and how the whole world can be fed from a garbage dump. <laughs> what is a garbage dump? It's a place where you go to get your fruits and vegetables. Apparently, you don't go hungry. The Manson family. I do like that theme. Though the uh, again accident or not, I do think it lands. I think it works. Yeah, uh, and frankly too, like it's something I'm more interested in. Uh, I'm more interested in like the the Manson family than like just Charlie Manson. Sure, as a as sure. a figure, um, for the same reason that like uh, you know like with these with these cults, you know Jim Jones, Waco, whatever. Like the the people, like it's it's not just about the guy. It's about like the whole group and. Um, no, it was, it was, it was cool to see that again, whether it was like just an accident, they had like a thing they had to shoot around that part was solid. I, w- I w- honestly, I wish that like it had been like a dry, I would, I would have, I would, I wouldn't mind like a dry, uh, toned down documentary, like just about that. That was just trying to be informative. Um, that's that, something I would enjoy. That probably exists. Probably. Oh, and it, it definitely I, does. uh, I actually really like how like they try to capture kind of the subjectivity of the experience one example is kind of the vibes of being around the family early on it's just sex everywhere you know yeah it's an ass balls flying 
Um, and then fine. as as the the movie For progresses, sure. the vibes just sour and get worse and worse. Yeah, and you know the, vi- the, the vibes get fucked up. Yeah, the nudity is still there, but it feels so much more sinister and less sexual as it goes on. Um, yeah, well, there's straight up that there's straight up that like gang rape scene where Awful. they drug the girl up and rape her. That's just shot like a fucking zombie movie. It's like, kind of terrifying. I mean, honestly. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I was actually like pretty impressed and, you know, uh, disgusted as well at, by that scene. Um, I was actually disgusted. Well, I mean, well, I, mean I, th- that's I, that's, the that's, that's what's impressive about it mm-hmm. is how, how much I was, uh, I was brought to feel any sort of strong emotion from watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, I just, the, the, the events themselves on paper are, like, enough for me to be, like, disgusted and freaked out by. I, I'm not gonna, like, praise it too much for that. Maybe, like, on the technical side, like, how the scenes are framed and shot, sure, but... Like and that's like, I just that's I, literally that's, exactly that's exactly what we're, what we're I know, praising. I know. I just, we're not saying oh it was so it was so great. I'm gonna to... <laughs> I'm gonna make this clear. I'm gonna be the one brave enough yeah. to say it. Please, the Manson family, bad, bad, yeah. bad. They were bad people. Get this man a medal. I was watching it and shaking my head the whole time, the whole time, being like these damn white boys. Just like when I read Mind Comp on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just let's don't like it. <laughs> I just don't yeah, want to experience it. I don't want to. Yeah, uh, you're not supposed to like it. I know. Yeah, it's supposed to be a bad time. Yep. And I, I understand that. I just don't want to have it. Yeah, sure. And I don't necessarily want to either. And like, I, much like the Greasy Strangler, don't really see myself revisiting this movie yeah. uh, often, if at all. It, it is a bad trip, and I appreciate its commitment to having that be the entire thing. Like, the whole mm-hmm. thing is, like, a deep, immersive, like, hippy-dippy Charles Manson bad trip. And it's effective at that. It's also exhausting for that. Yeah. <laughs> because it just does not stop. Like, this movie felt so much longer than 90 minutes just because it just, like... The commercial we watched it on TV. Okay, yeah, we watched it on TV. So there's some definitely didn't help. I, that's the that's first true. time some... in my life I've been grateful for a commercial break to like slow things down for. Felt a like a breather. The commercials, I man, I swear to God, the fucking commercials on like Tubi and Freevee and stuff, they always fucking come in at like. They're cut in at the funniest yeah, moments. Yeah, oh yeah. There's one time in this one where, like, they it's never like it's it's in never it's scenes. never yeah it's never like perfectly in between the two scenes. It's like you get a couple of frames of the next scene and the commercial comes in. There's one time in this movie where they did that where we just get like one second of a shirtless uh, Charlie Manson hacking up a hay bale with a sword we just get like one (laughs) one second of that and then fucking like a three minute commercial break yeah like cuts like straight from that to like a febreze commercial he had uh, he has so many they gave him so many swords in this movie yeah i didn't yeah yeah, all yeah all different types of swords he is they let him go wild multiple times they let him yeah they just gave him a they just gave that motherfucker a sword and told him to go wild i'm not sure how accurate that is like to history where, I don't know how many know, swords that Charlie Manson had in real life. Prepping the party for his record, and it turns out he's not getting the record. Yeah, well, he has know. them go dumpster diving yeah, for all of that produce. They make a <laughs> fruit tray 
vegetable tray and they they roll up you know a hundred joints or whatever and they're ready to party and then you know he doesn't get the deal and suddenly he's He's going at it at all the the, the yeah, fruits and veggies. Yeah, he becomes fruit ninja. He becomes fruit ninja. Truly, yeah, because he, he has because he is fruit with a katana. Yeah, and then later he has like a like a cutlass. <laughs> Just uh, I don't know if that I I feel like that one that's probably not like a true historical detail. I feel yeah, like Charlie Manson probably didn't have like a collection of different swords from all over the world. Maybe yeah. I want to I want to get into that actually like. Because we ben, ben touched on like the the subjectivity of this movie, and it's probably one of the best examples of that. I think it's a good conversation to have. I don't like subjectivity in documentaries. It's not a documentary. I know, but it's about a, like a real life thing event. So it's it's weird, like a biopic, I guess. Like yeah, a biopic. It, it's I don't. It's not really that either. Either right, and it's. Like, but it has like documentary elements in it, you know, like with the interview, like the fake interview. It's a, it's a, mo- it's a mockumentary, if anything. Yeah. If anything, it's a mockumentary. Which yeah. is weird because it's still about true events, which normally mockumentaries like aren't, but um, they can be. Uh, yeah, they totally can. Well, be. I guess like yeah, like documentary and, now and, and stuff have, is at yeah, all the time. And huh? have been. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. That's <laughs> so, um, like, there's, I, I don't know. It's just like, I just don't like that level of subjectivity. Um, I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask. I literally like grew up like in a house that like basically like worshiped like history and like finding the truth of those things. Um, so I don't really enjoy like reveling and celebrating in just like falsity for like true events, but this is just more my, my personal preference. It's not again, like, I don't think it's wrong that the movie, do you like inglorious bastards? Um, uh, does it bother you that it ends with them murdering un- Hitler, unloading well, so many I, I clips think, into Hitler just because it's not true to history? Well, no, I think it, <laughs> I think that works because it's like so cartoon, you know, like it's obviously not what happened. Man, this movie is a fucking cartoon, though. I don't know enough about the Manson family to know, and I think that's my problem. I mean, sure, I'm... I just don't know enough about those events. I haven't really, like, taken any time out of my life to, like, know anything other than, like, the Helter Skelter thing. Where where I agree with you is in, like, where I agree with you is in, like, the last 20 minutes of the film where it's where they, like, do the actual, like... The the Tate and LaBianca murders. Yeah, the the cat the capital M Manson murders, um, which is just like yeah the the last like twenty minutes of the film that I have a harder time with because it's like similarly stylized, but it's just like really horribly cruel and graphic and brutal, and it's like that's that's harder to square with because it is like real you know the rest of the stuff like the the hyper stylized stuff with them like at the ranch and being weird and creepy and hippy dippy it's like that kind of like subjectivity and and sort of fantasy world like is is fine but yeah it's 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 a harder thing to square and i don't necessarily think the movie is like trying to make light of it because like it does really make those murders so brutal but at the same time it's like okay i i know that these people were brutally murdered in real life what's your point you know what one thing i find really deft about the approach is throughout the movie i almost feel like manson himself is kind of portrayed as kind of weak and secondary almost 
in the interviews, they always talk about him as this Christ-like force. And, you know, they even have conversations between each other talking about that. But we never really get that many scenes of Manson himself powering over people. You know, when we see him, he's him groveling weak, though, a lot of times. You know, he's kissing people's feet. He's offering well, like himself Christ, to be though. killed. Like, I don't think that's, that's showing him as being weak. Like, that Christ bathed people's feet. Like, that's that's a big part of scripture. Like, I think, I, I don't know if that's portraying him as being, like, if anything, it, it's portraying him as a humble hero. Are there any instances, well, other instances I mean, where, like, he's, I mean, like, it feels, or, you know? Like, it feels like... I don't think there are. It feels like it's him, like suggesting himself as Christ, which they do, you know, like, mention in the movie. Like, I forget which character says it. It's like, you know, he never really... He never really threatened or ordered or anything. He would just sort of, like, hint at things. Yeah. And, like, make you... They talk about his short energy a lot. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, multiple characters do, like, call him little man and stuff. But, I don't know, there's, there's there's the part where, you know, before he kills lots of Papa... Um, where, you know, he's, he is, like, staring down the barrel of a gun multiple times without flinching, you know, so I do think there is kind of that, always that sort of, like, sense of deification about him. I don't know if I agree that he ever seems, like, weak, other than just, like, small in stature, but, like, that's, that's what, like, his that's the thing is like he's small he's physically small but his personality is huge right his ego is sure. huge um it's large it, it extends like outside beyond his physical form and allows him to like exert this control over all of these people in the movie itself though he doesn't feel as imposing as a lot of the other characters are. Oh yeah, sure. Well, because yeah, portrayed. he's he's never present for the murders and stuff yeah. outside of like the lots of Papa one, you know, yeah. um, where he shoots him in the head. And you, he when they're when they're like tying up the other guy later before they kill him, you know, he does uh, show up and hit him with his sword. I guess in the ear. In the ear. Yeah, yeah. that's a moment where he feels kind of imposing. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he ever feels like. No. I don't think he ever feels like a small part of this story, or like a like an insignificant part of this story. It's uh, again, you know, it's not. It's not about him, it, uh, the man, so much as it's about like the control that he exerts over yeah. others. You know, which I, think- I, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that perspective. Like, I, I yeah. think I think that that is. Uh, you it's know, a bit of a novel approach. You sure, know, a lot of the. The Manson stories, you know, always focus on him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, well, this movie is the Manson family, right? It's about the family. It's all. It's it's all. It's really all about families. <laughs> it's all about. I family. I think my favorite sequence in this movie is the blood orgy that they have. <laughs> uh, you know, because of how aggressively it's shot. It's like it is that shot in bright red, giallo red. You know, there's big bonfires about. They kill a dog and drink its blood, and they're they sure fucking do. around the whole time. And it it's very kaleidoscopic. Yeah, they have Manson gets <laughs> crucified. Yeah, they have him up on a cross. Um, I love how it's shot, though. Um, it's yeah, it's a bad trip and a half. 
<laughs> it is, and it goes on for a long time, but technically I do think it's, yeah, it's one of the more impressive sequences yeah. of the movie. Y'all think there were enough orgies in this? In this movie, yeah. I, think it, I think it could have probably used a couple more. Yeah, I think the whole so. Movies an orgy, it's just um, constant nudity, constant. Yeah, nudity. it really is, and I, I think that it almost detracted from that blood orgy scene, um, just because like how much of the rest of the movie is is orgies. Like it's, it's it's the same reason I I honestly don't think that like the tonal shift is that effective either, because the whole movie is frenetic. The whole movie is edited like a bad trip and it's constant and it's 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 overwhelming and it's in some cases frustrating from beat one it's aggressive and yeah so yeah to me like and to beat one to the end it's it's aggressive so i didn't really get a good sense of an arc like during the early hippy dippy stuff i think it would have been more effective if it had slowed down a little bit and there had been like any sort of a transition or arc like into the bad stuff like where it's still ethereal it's still like hippy dippy and it's still like drug induced and and psychedelic but but not frenetic panic from the beginning and i I think that was like you can start a little bit at and then go into the peaceful stuff and then arc um but for me, I just I didn't find it to be very effective because like it was like constantly like that from the beginning. Same with the nudity, like the the nudity kind of like lost its effect and power by the end of it. I think that was the exact intent, though. I think sure it was supposed to it didn't work for me. Kind of it's supposed to desensitize you. Where at first it is very, um, it is a very sexual orgy, and by the end of it, it's just naked pe- hippies running about Standing talking about people. death and killing each other. Yeah, I think for me it was difficult because I already have a hard enough time with exploitation films to begin with. I mean, honestly, like, you guys kind of introduced me to the genre as a whole. I wasn't really all that familiar with exploitation films, and I learned a lot. I've learned a lot from you guys from that. I remember going back to Frankenhooker and, like, even, like, like years ago now, and on that podcast episode, like, you could basically hear me, like, kind of coming to terms and, like, understanding why, like, exploitation films were okay. You know, because like, I had to, like, and th- that's fine. But already, like, as generally, even still, like, I think, like, the genre is fine, but it's, like, it's already hard enough for me to come to grasps with an exploitation film. It's even more difficult for me to come to grasps with an exploitation film when it's based on, like, real shit that happened. And I think that's sort of my biggest problem. I mean, film. yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I have a hard time reconciling that as well, and part of the reason why I don't think I really, like I said, I don't really enjoy this film, but you know, I'm I'm trying to look at it with a critical eye, you know, and just like think about it like as a construction because mm-hmm. like because like art art has power, man. Yeah, like, art art can affect the real world, you know, like the fucking right of spring riots and shit. Like like you can you can cause damage with art, you know. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't I, think I, this. I don't think this film is, I don't, I don't is causing so any damage. But I think like I, it, it is the reason why it puts me off. It's an. It's an. I yeah. I I mean, it's not. But like, I don't I, think it's a bad film. Like I, I said earlier, like it's not. That. It's not. Re, it's not respectful. And I think. I think you can make a a uh, very worthwhile argument that the whole film's premise is in kind of bad taste. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but. It exists, and we watched it, we so did. I, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to appreciate about the movie as, you know, sure. uh, f- 
for for what it is, whether I particularly enjoyed it or not, um, this is not an instance where I didn't enjoy it because it's a bad movie. <laughs> I just uh, and past that, like we can get into what we liked about it. I think I've got, I just had to yeah. get that. Well, I mean, I think we've talked. I think we've talked a lot about what we what we like about it. But well, there's a few extra things, though. I was gonna say, well, yeah, why, don't, why don't you mention something that you liked about it? <laughs> uh, loved, even. Uh, I, I'm gonna let you finish sipping because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna create a spit take. Uh, there is a moment during one of the first kills in the movie. It's I think it's the second kill with the um, hard Krishna guy. Yeah, um, and they. Uh, they basically they, they're trying to get some money from this guy and Charles Manson comes in and cuts him in the ear with a weird cutlass and then leave and then dips and um, they're trying to figure out what to do like do they kill him because Char- Charlie won't let the the others come back until they've either killed him or found his money and so the like one of the girls is like sewing up his ear and the other guy is like you know like just fucking leave him like what are He's you like, doing? He's like you're so fucking stupid. You're so <laughs> stupid. And then she says, "Let him just have something to drink." Or what is no? What is she saying? She's like, dr- she says, "Drink this, Greg, or whatever." Yeah. And he, Greg, like, I'm okay. So and I feel great. bad about not knowing his name because that is a real person who died. Yeah, right. Life. And <laughs> so. like, um, and uh, she's sewing up his ear. And okay, some props to the film. The practical is pretty good. Like, yeah, so well, practical like, in like, general in this. Movie. Yeah, yeah like, I was excellent. I was pretty squeamish. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why like the murders towards the end are so difficult to watch because the practical effects are pretty right. good. Yeah. Like it does feel sort of like people really getting well, stabbed. Well, that's to what's death. so interesting stylistically, right? Because the the effects are so realistic, and like the stabbings especially just feel so real. And then you get get this like giallo blood where it's just bright red, you know, syrupy yeah. blood. Oh yeah. And so she's she's sewing up his ear and there's all that syrupy blood going everywhere and it's all it sounds like macaroni. It's so fucking nasty, you know, while she's sewing him up. And for a minute I was like I was like really affected by that cuz there's some other scenes before where like I just I felt like the practicals were good, but the events that were occurring were just like emotionally cheap. You know, it's like, yeah, like, of course I'm, like, upset. It's a it's a gang rape. Like, that just naturally is going to make me upset. Yeah. Like, I don't care how well it's shot or whatever. It's cheap. The same with, like, killing the dog and putting the dog blood everywhere. It's like, yeah, like, killing a dog or a kid or whatever in a movie is, like, the, it's, it's it can be very effective, like, if done right. And, you know, I, I think the, it practically, it, I'll even say it, it, it was. But, um, uh, even still, I, it, it, it kind of has me giving it a side eye and trying to push the movie away but um with that moment it it pulled me in like it was it was intense it was it was terrible and she goes down and he and he and he leans up she lifts his head up to drink they're like drinking from like a bottle of wine a bottle of wine and he sips the wine and farts real loud it's just a cartoon (laughs) fart sound effect (laughs) that is just completely unacknowledged it was crazy I I felt like I felt like Bugs Bunny showed up and hit me over the head with a fucking big woolen wooden mallet. Like what? It, what the fuck? Where did that come from, man? We ran it back like five <laughs> times. Times just kept being like, "No, is this really happening?" And it's it's insane. And the fact that like again, like this is a real person, you know, like a real event that they're yeah. depicting, and like they chose to just put like a cartoon fart <laughs> that, noise over that the top feels, of it. That to me 
feels like whoever the sound guy was, who whoever was whoever was like uh in charge of sound editing on this movie was just having fun and just slipped that in Dude, there. Well, like the movie is there's full no of that. there's no like there's no reasonable explanation for why they put a cartoon fart sound effect right there, other than just like the sound guy was having a laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's funny. <laughs> and it was funny. It was, it's one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it made me laugh so hard I had to stand up because I was <laughs> getting light because I was getting lightheaded. Yeah, just, <laughs> like, like in pace for a second and just like really pro like like you know it was like I had to get up to get like my blood like oxygen circulating back to my brain because I was like, getting like, hit by a fucking car, dude. Yeah, like, it was, I was I was like shocked. I was shocked that that, it was, that there was a fart noise. It in was the incredible. Air. Like, what? It's incredible. Like, some I of have, the best. Some of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best comedic talking I've ever seen in anything. In a movie that is otherwise, like, not a comedy. No. Yeah. Folks, no. if you want to pop us, just put a fart sound effect in your movie. It's... I I don't think... Okay, Speaking of talking of, to cheap heat. Yeah. <laughs> I have never... I don't know if I've ever seen a fart sound effect. I've never I, I just, seen did a fart to me. sound effect. I've, so I heard, I'm fucked, dude. Like, that fucked me up. And like I, yeah, I think that was the best, I, I just, the best it, placement of a fart sound effect in I've any movie seen, I've ever seen in my yeah, life. It's yeah, so unexpected. Yeah, and like it's a cheap cartoon noise. Like it's you could just slap it anywhere in a movie, but like to, truly, truly baffling. Honestly, truly baffling decision. Honestly, pretty brave. Yeah. Like, oh no. Pretty brave. Like I'll give it that. And this movie, I don't, like, I don't understand it, but I respect it. More than I respect my own parents. I think how I wow. I think <laughs> this is the degree to which like like it's it's the confusion that makes it so funny. Like yes. like why would you put that there? It's insane. And there's like tons of other times in the movie where there's like fucking bald eagle like red tailed hawk like screeches and other things that are like well, really and cheap the, the and thing, corny. The thing about it too is like it would be one thing if like they were recording on set sound and somebody farted and they just left it in because they couldn't cut around it or something like that would be one thing that I would, that I would expect from like a a low budget, you know, movie like this where, you know, you can, you hear the direct, like right at the end of a shot, you hear the director start to say cut or something, you know, like that, that's one thing, (laughs) but this is a, cartoon fart sound effect <laughs> that somebody put into the soundtrack yeah. deliberately. Yeah. And that's what makes it so funny. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna make this land. It's like and this it's- wasn't this wasn't a this wasn't a, an accident. This wasn't a gaffe that like slipped in. <laughs> and this I, was like <laughs> and it's like you're- somebody placed that there for a reason. And I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at it, which just makes it funnier, man. It's, yeah. it's like, like it's just wow. Fucking wow, dude! It's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's great, really. It's it's the <laughs> most. It's it's the thing that is going to haunt me the most. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's like how in the Beyond, when the dude loads the bullet backwards into the barrel of his gun, you know, like that just made it into the film. Oh, man, yeah, that's you the know? best thing like, about the movie. Like, it's like that's it's like the spe- like the specific detail is just like. 
that's all I'm ever going <laughs> to think about. No, yeah, same. And it's, I think it was the, I think I earned the third time we rewound it and, and watched that, but I, I said, you know what? That's a whole star right there. That's a, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. whatever my rating is for this movie, I will give it one whole other star for that fart sound effect. Incredible. And it just, wow. Yeah. Wow. Really, really, act, really, I, really you know what? good Movies stuff. Movies are supposed to make you feel something. And I felt something so strong, I'm still processing it. Really good and stuff. I, is, I gotta give it. I is, gotta give it to that film. Is um, Jim is Jim Van Beber still alive? Yes. He, yes is. he is. Okay, there's gotta be a way to contact him, right? I, gotta like, know. I feel like I feel like he can't be that hard to get in touch with. No. The last movie he made was a decade ago and it was a short film. Yeah, I feel like he can't be that hard to get in touch with. I'm gonna see if I can find an email address for Jim right now. Do it, gotta dude. Ask him. Do it, dude. Let's reach out. What Let's find the, out. Let's get him <laughs> just, to drunkenly just, respond. Stay posted, just, gonna, just gonna clip that and be like, what's the deal? Just an email. <laughs> hey, Jim. Regards, Jim. What's the deal? <laughs> Best. Dude, what if you hear back? Let's try it. You'll never know. If, I, if I can, yeah, if I can find an email address for him, I'll do it. I you will. miss 100% of the farts. You don't fart. Fart. You <laughs> <laughs> don't really take a fart. I, uh, I, I will say some of the other sound editing is kind of interesting, if not over the top and on the nose. Yeah. The, like, on the uh, nose, the, the pig like, squealing stuff had me rolling my eyes, if I'm being honest. I thought that worked. Right, you true. know, as they're stabbing the dude from a long shot, you know, far away. We get yeah. these pig noises over top. There's no artistry in it. I think it would have worked if, like, it had, like, his cries had, like, faded into the pig sounds, or they'd kind of, like, better uh, integrate. I, I just know. think they could have done it better. Like, I don't know, man. I think you're asking too much. <laughs> no, I, I like movie. movies. I like movies that are good. I'll ask whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I saw that. I no, saw that the... Sorry. Well, that came out a little strong there. The music in general in this movie is interesting, but like the the like the original score was done by like a side project of like some of the members of Skinny Puppy. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, there's um, a lot of metal connection. Yeah, well, fucking uh, fucking Phil Anselmo of Pantera and Down, uh like does has several songs in this movie and does the voice of like uh, devil charlie in the movie, which is that's a pull i guess is yeah. he racist or something yeah debatable yeah, yeah. Like well yeah. Mm, i won't say debate yeah yeah probably probably um not gonna get into that. Yeah, I probably should have brought up on a public podcast, but yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't um, know any of the details. I just thought, yeah, you were saying something about that. Yeah, Pantera yeah. is a weird band. Yeah, you know, um, southern metal in general. Which is... Well, no, um, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I won't, I won't, I won't get into that. But uh, yeah, you know, Pantera, com- complicated feelings. <laughs> But still a very popular band even today. Yeah, well, and, and I, but also in like, yeah, 1997, like for yeah. an exploitation kind of film, um, you know, that it, it, it's an obvious choice. I think it, it makes sense. That was sort of um, the height of, of Pantera mania. Yeah, well, and it's crazy, too, because this movie is extremely low budget. Yeah. Probably all in all under... 10 to 15 grand 
and like they they pull so much mileage out of everything in this movie sure that it feels like a much more expensive movie yeah i mean they 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 certainly ring every dime out yeah. of it and you know i i think that a lot of it for as low budget of a film it is like a lot of it is pretty well done yeah i think yeah well i think about like the the tape murder at the end and even though it is brutal and unrelenting and kind of icky to watch very um, icky. yeah it uh it has really good production design in the house apparently that was all built on a studio yeah um, yeah and like the production design is really nice all the colors in the house are really vibrant and it feels like they pulled out all the stops for yeah, it. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. They, te- they shot it on a set. They technically, did. yeah, technically it's well done. Well, I mean, for I mean, for, a, for a low-budget movie like this, usually with sets... It's shot on location. It's shot on yeah. location, or you just see really cheaply made, haphazardly thrown-together sets where this mm. feels like they, you know, paid attention to every detail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a lot of attention to detail in the movie. Um, terrible fake mustache aside, <laughs> um, that's crazy. That's another one of those things. It's like the fart noise. It's like that's crazy to me. It's like there's no way you saw that and were like, yeah, that looks good. The right? fact that it was on Van Bever himself. I know, and it's like he has a mustache. Like, why didn't they just dye his mustache gray? Like, why didn't they just like? spray some gray into his actual mustache. Like, why did they fucking slap this big old fucking, uh... mustache. Shoe brush onto his upper lip, you know? It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, before we rate, let me just give a little overview of the history of this movie. Okay, Um, sure. Like I said, it was shot over 15 years, and, uh... Even though, you know, it took a long time to make, it's kind of a cult classic at this point in terms of uh, low-budget American filmmakers from the 90s um, to the point where uh, Arrow put out uh, Deadbeat at Dawn on Blu-ray recently, his movie right before this, and uh, Severin actually put out a Blu-ray of this movie, um, which is really impressive. I bet, that lo- I bet that looks very nice. Well, it would if you could see it today. Damn. Um, because they sold it for all of five months, I think, before they got some angry messages from Van Bever and uh, decided to sue him for uh, <laughs> defamation. <laughs> And uh, in response, they also destroyed all of the rest of the stock of Blu-rays that they had. Yeah, it's not available anymore. Some some lucky few have it. Yes. And I hope they know how good they have it. I'm sure you can find it on eBay for like 80 or 90 bucks. But like we said, it's also on Tubi for free. With ads. I think it's also on YouTube too, so... Um, but this isn't the first time Van Beber has done this. Uh, for one of the original restorations of Deadbeat at Dawn, um, this company, Synapse Films, was doing the restoration, and they had to do it shot by shot. 
because he didn't give them the the full master. He gave them the original two negatives, so they had to literally cut oh, the geez. movie back together. So one night, Jim Van Bebbers on a bit of a bender, and a Van Beb bender. Yeah, <laughs> he leaves some drunken voicemails after seeing the uh, the remaster of the film, and uh, I have them here for us to listen to. They are very funny. Six messages he get he sends over the course of the night as he's getting oh drunker and drunker. Um, so I'll play a few more. I'll play the second one and then I'll play the last one. Okay. Nine ten a.m. Line one. Nine ten a.m. course of like 8.55 a.m. to 10.16 a.m. He's just increasingly getting drunker and drunker. Drop an energy level is so funny. <laughs> so yeah, like Jim Van Bever is, uh, is a drunk and obviously clearly very hard to work with. Yeah, um, but you know what? In spite of that, I did. I did read that apparently to try to help the actors feel more comfortable do- during all of like the sex scenes, he got he directed naked. <laughs> I mean, that checks out, you know, considering he was acting naked for a lot yeah. of it as well. 
Oh man. All right. Well, I mean, geez, like what, what else could we say on top of that? Are we ready to rate? Yeah. Ben, yeah. why don't you start? Sure. This was well, your pick. I'll start. I, I actually really enjoy this movie. I think it's really unique, very colorful. Um, I love the way the story is told. A lot of the techniques in which this movie is, uh, shot and edited where it feels very hallucinogenic and very uh collage like very experimental it's a very unique film and i think it deserves its cult status um yeah definitely check it out if any of our conversation has interested you um this is a four and a half out of five for me Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. We'll go in descending order. Um, <laughs> I no, you know, I can respect a lot of, about this movie and appreciate a lot about this movie. Again, I didn't particularly enjoy my time watching it. Um, but as a curiosity, uh, I think that it's definitely worth engaging with. Um, and I, I don't think it's a bad film. Um, it is a uh, a difficult watch that I would recommend with caution, maybe. Uh, so I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Cleve, bottom of the staircase. Of uh, I hate. I, I I thought a lot of it was cheap. Um, just one cheap moment I thought was pretty good. Uh, there are some shots that are that are pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, but overall, I would. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't like this kind of movie. I, I uh, personally, again, I think it's fine that it exists. I don't really give a shit if it's culturally acclaimed or not. Um, I think uh, I'd probably give it like a one point five, but like that's. Uh, but I have to raise it because I said <laughs> I would, and I'm a man of my goddamn word. Uh, so I will. Um, uh, and I, you know what? I'm, I'm relating a little bit because uh, I'm also pretty drunk. Um, and my mood has shifted throughout the course of the episode. I'm a little more sleepy now too, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give an additional star because I said I would because that fart sequence that I I I, can't, I still can't wrap my head around it. It'll be a long time before I think I, I really come to terms with that. So you're saying it's a two and a half for the fart? I'm saying it's a two and a half for the fart. All right. <laughs> well. Uh, that will give the Manson family, Jim Van Bevers, the Manson family, uh, an average of three and a half out of five. Been a, been a minute since we had uh, such a, uh, a a wide dispersal of ratings for a movie. Yeah, it's been, been a while a, indeed. A, a month and a half since we covered The Outwaters. <sighs> yeah, we were. <laughs> I, our ratings, our ratings were all closer grouped together. You and I were were more on the same fair, page fair. then. Um, this was a a, a a dispersal across the the, the spectrum. Um, that it was. Yeah. Do we have some uh, some prediction results for uh, Dracula boat we boat do Dracula? Indeed. I have oh, them boy. up right here. Uh, so for Rotten Tomatoes, I predicted an eighty. Tease, you predicted a 70. Cleve, you predicted an 88. Ooh. It's not that. It ain't that. I was wrong, Currently Chief. sitting at a middling 50. No Dracula boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably uh, fair. Poor boat it's a Dracula. It's a mid-rating. Yeah. Um, you, well, you did get <laughs> so that So I got one. that yeah. for lowballing. <laughs> um, opening weekend, I said 10 mil. 
TCU said 12 mil. Ooh, Cleve, no. you said 20 mil. No way. Mm. Uh, opening weekend was six and a half mil. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, it is not Bo Dracula season, unfortunately. No, sadly. So you got that it one for a never got off the dock, so to speak. <laughs> it'll, all, it'll be Bo Dracula season in my heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That ship has sailed. And sunk. And sunk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Damn. Collective rating, uh, TCU and I both said 3.8, and Cleve, you said 4.5. Okay, oh, so no, once again, so low, low ball. Lowest clinch yeah. is it. Uh, let's see. Right, what do we say about it? The real horrors are the friends we make along the way. Who was that? Just kidding, it's actually scurvy. That was me. Okay. Um, remember the boat scene in Morbius? What if it were complete? Uh, what if it were competently made? That was teased. Yeah, that was teased. That's good. I'm kind of. I was kind of right. Sure. Right. Um, it'll demeet er, my expectations. It did not. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. it kind of did. Weren't we saying no, that no, it, it exactly demeet our expectations? Demet, yeah, my expectations were pretty mid. That's so funny. You made that exact joke at the beginning of the last episode too. So you made that joke twice. <laughs> yeah, I have the memory of a goldfish. Look at me. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know you didn't remember making that joke <laughs> no. in the prediction. So. No, I thought it was being original and clever both times, for sure, yeah. <laughs> that's what's funny about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, next week is uh, is going to be a Patreon pick, and in a twist of fate, usually I'm the keeper of the list, but this time Ben is the one who knows what we're going to be talking yes. about. Micah is the what's up micah is the, the picker who, the, the yes the picker for the week um, what did micah do and they sent me a message to read to the two of you okay on what we will be covering next week all right what's up dear matisse van rossum and cleveland Mosier. damn the full names this wow. is a rather unconventional method of announcing the pick for the podcast but so is the pick Oh. I've mulled over these fat, uh, past few months, and a good number of liquor is not nearly as fine as this perfect idea. I had heard a while back that none of the patrons had yet to troll you guys, which oh, got me oh, scheming. No. Oh, that is true. Oh, not after this. Why did I, I say that? I mean, we're in a moment of weakness here. I toiled since oh. since then going back and forth oh, on I... whether I'd have you guys... Watch a normal movie like Jew on the Curse, which will happen eventually. Oh, that'd be great. Come on. But you... then I thought, I, I, I started to think, wouldn't it be funny if, which brought me to this point. Fuck. I asked Ben beforehand on if this movie would even be accepted with the pure promise that it will offer in an unhinged episode of the podcast. My pick for you guys to watch and review will be. The 2008 cult classic, and in parentheses, yes it is. That's a bad time. Vampire romance film, Twilight. No! (laughs) What have you done? I have managed to get to 30 years (laughs) old having never read a Twilight book or seen a Twilight movie. (laughs) Oh no! If you have any I'm questions, I'm familiar with it. That's why it's gonna be a waste of my fucking. God damn it, Micah! What have you done? If you have any questions about the 
quote unquote lore of the series, no, I, I will don't. happily no. answer them. I don't, as I've do interacted with the series enough to tell you all of it. I'm not indulged. I'm not indulging that. No, don't hate me, Micah. <laughs> Difficult. I'll try. God damn it. They were originally unsure whether it would count, but I was like, you know what? It's a vampire movie. You and enabled this. I love this. pain. You enabled this. I love you enabled pain. You're in the room with us right now, a, too, you fucker. It makes for a funny episode. Oh, my so. God. I rarely have I felt such a sense of <laughs> emptiness. <laughs> Sucks, engaging with this podcast <laughs> that we that we Can't do for that we some people give us money every month that's what that this is the price this is what they <laughs> used to do this, this is the price Micah pays for this podcast for some reason. This is the, this is the cost. Well, now we know why. Well, to torture yeah. us. This is to the do cost. This, to punish. How, da- how could you? This is the price. Oh All right, well, Cleveland, let's do a sponsor and wrap this up. Oh, oh, my God. If I've got the energy. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about Twilight next week. <laughs> a fuck. week. A week that we're of fuck, my life fuck, will pass. Where I won't, I won't take in like a good horror movie for the podcast. And you know what? Armored Core comes out next week, too. I'm going to be watching Twilight when I could be playing Armored <laughs> Core. Fuck. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Cleveland. Who's our sponsor this week? Uh, Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Just take my feet. <laughs> this, this week was brought to you by Diabetes. Ugh. Thanks, Wilford Brimley. All right. Well, that'll that'll do it for us this week. Uh, if you <laughs> diabetes, the game is afoot. <laughs> if you like the show, don't forget to leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. I think we've earned it at this point. Um, you can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/PodPeoplePod. Um, shout out to our honorary Pod Boys, Sam, Zach. Do we have to? <laughs> And even Micah. Even Micah. And even Micah. Um, because they support this podcast. And if you. Support is a strong word. And if you want to do the same, then join our, our Patreon. Um, you can also uh, follow us on letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes um all the wind has been sucked <laughs> from my sails so i don't even have a recommendation of some other good media to consume this week pass <laughs> um yeah so my recommendation for the week check out this band lamp uh they're a japanese shibuya k uh sort of jazz pop band from the 90s and 2000s and they put out really uh chill sort of relaxing uh music to to listen to while studying or doing work uh it's just a good vibe unlike this movie or next week's movie. yeah <clears throat> it's funny that that's your recommendation because originally i was going to recommend uh infidel art by japanese black metal band sai so <laughs> listen to japanese music this week i guess yeah. cleveland what do you got oh well, actually give me a second i can do one too
I gotta find it. Please hurry. Oh, shit. I can't find it. Recommend us an anime. No. Um. Well. <laughs> no, no. Uh, if you've if you've wish listed my friendly neighborhood, you should buy it. A lot of people are wish listing it, and that's cool. Uh, but you should you should also get it. But it's also out. You it's can out. get it. Yeah. And you can play it. Um. I have. It's great. It's a banger. It's a really it's a really good movie. Uh, game. Whatever it is, it's good. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm tired and drunk. Go, go and go, go play, go play video games. Go, go do that. Yeah, go, go, go play in art and enjoy life and listen to some of those cool bands that they, that Tisa and Ben recommended. And don't. And if you have, if you have diabetes, I apologize. Diabetes. If you have diabetes, I thank you for sponsoring the podcast. I do. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye.